right. Welcome to Newsmax Daily for Thursday, May 18th, 2023. Today is Ascension Day, a holy day for Christians around the world, commemorating the day Jesus ascended into heaven, the 40th day after his resurrection, Easter Sunday. And can you believe it is already May 18th, 40 days past Easter. The year is flying by. Today is also National Notebook Day, which only became a thing in 2016 as a way to encourage journaling and creativity. So if you do journal or you keep a lot of notes, today is your day or it's your notebooks day. And on the food calendar, it is hashtag National Cheese Souffle Day even though the souffle is international from France, where it dates all the way back to the 1700s, it is National Souffle Day. And when is the last time you had any kind of a souffle? That's the question of the day right there. In the headlines, the G7 summit kicking off today in Japan, the war in Ukraine, tensions with China and concerns over Taiwan at the top of the agenda. Bottom line, Mr. Prime Minister, is that... uh... When our countries stand together, we stand stronger. And I believe the whole world is safer when we do. So thank you again for having me here today. And we look forward to the next several days. President Biden speaking, sort of, with Japan Prime Minister after his arrival in Hiroshima. If you missed it yesterday, Biden was scheduled to go to India and Austria after Japan, but eliminated that part of the trip so he can get back to D.C. quicker for more debt ceiling negotiations after saying he would not negotiate and uh, hopefully avoid a credit default. And here we go again. The Agriculture Department looking to ban chocolate and strawberry milk from school cafeterias in effort to cut down on sugar in school lunches and breakfast programs. Make it stop. Stop, please. My God, you have to feel bad for the kids growing up today. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is in the headlines today. I can already hear Ronnie D saying, we are not going to ban chocolate milk to children in the free state of Florida. A Washington Post report says DeSantis will formally enter the 2024 presidential race next week. The Post, citing two people close to the governor, saying DeSantis will kick off his campaign during a fundraiser in Miami sometime next week. If we make 2024 election a referendum on Joe Biden and his failures, and if we provide a positive alternative for the future of this country, Republicans will win across the board. If we do not do that, uh, if we get distracted, if we focus the election on the past or on other side issues, then I think the Democrats are going to beat us again. That was DeSantis in Iowa over the weekend. Yesterday, it was widely reported that the governor also added more staff to his exploratory committee. The Florida governor also announcing that he is sending more than a thousand National Guard soldiers and law enforcement to the U.S. border in Mexico. Wednesday's national report spoke with Lieutenant Christopher Oliveras of the Texas Highway Patrol. A big question as to where's the ultimate destination for these folks and what are they planning to do once they arrive and attempt to settle in? And Christopher, that goes back to what's happening uh, with Governor DeSantis here. He said the impacts of Biden's border crisis are felt by communities across the nation and the federal government's abdication of duty undermines the sovereignty of our country and the rule of law. In your opinion, what's the federal government missing in this entire sequence of events? Well, I mean, the fact is that they failed to provide any type of resources to Border Patrol agents or to border communities or, in fact, the entire country. 
their responsibility is to secure the border to protect the American people, but they have neglected to do that for the past two years. And that's why the state of Texas, we've been having to step in for the past two years when Governor Abbott launched Operation Lone Star. This is a $4 billion operation that we have spent as far as the past two years, all state funded, all state resources. And we're actually looking for another $4 billion for the next two years. And also what's happening now with, with you know, Governor DeSantis sending Florida, we were very grateful for that manpower. We need the manpower, not just for us as a state agency, but also for Border Patrol. We, currently, right now, we have Idaho State Police. They're actually here in the Rio Grande Valley right now working with us. They've been with us for the past two weeks. Uh, they'll have another team coming in the next two weeks. So we have all these state agencies that are, that are willing to help because they see, they realize that the federal government does not want to provide any type of support whatsoever, whether it's funding, whether it's manpower or policies. And that's why we're going to continue seeing uh, this crisis at the border. And it is a crisis just because Title 42 is gone. Even with that, right now, the numbers have slightly declined. Yes, they have. But we're still we're still experiencing anywhere from four to five thousand daily encounters a day. That is not sustainable. That should not be happening. But again, it all goes back to the policies. It all goes back to what this administration is currently doing right now. And what they're trying to do is trying to hide the negative optics by actually releasing illegal immigrants through the ports of entry. That's one thing that we need to keep a close eye on is how many uh, people are being processed through the ports of entry. How many are being released with notice to appears for court dates three, four years from now, three to four years from now. And I'm sure they're going to show up, right? Idaho police helping Border Patrol who are so overwhelmed. Texas Senator Ted Cruz talking about CBP agents on his podcast. They have political superiors who undermine them, who belittle them, who insult them, and who deliberately prevent them from doing their jobs. And, and I have to say it, 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 it is a miracle that they continue to show up to work every day to protect this country. So, look, the, the Biden administration has basically gutted the ability for law enforcement on the southern border to do anything of any semblance of their job. Uh, you've had a lot to say about yep. it. I saw some of your clips from, from you being down there the other day. What do you make of what's going on right now? Look, it, it is absolutely horrific. It is the worst our country's ever seen. I, w I was down on the border just last Thursday night. Uh, Thursday at midnight, Title 42 expired. And, and we've seen under Joe Biden the worst illegal immigration in the history of our nation. We've seen six and a half million people cross illegally under Biden. This is deliberate. It is a political objective that they want to achieve. And, and I spend a lot of time on our border. It has never been remotely this bad. When I was in Brownsville, just on the other side of the river in Matamoros, there were over 22,000 people camped on the, on the banks of the Rio Grande, preparing to cross. They had bonfires going. They were playing music and celebrating the end of Title 42 because Title 42 was the last legal authority Biden was using to deport anybody. There are 170,000 illegal immigrants camped the entire length of the border preparing to cross in the coming days. And the result are dead bodies. The result are women who are being violently sexually assaulted. The result are children who are being brutalized by human traffickers. And, and the result is over 100,000 Americans who died of drug overdoses in the past year. 
it is a disaster and it keeps getting worse. Texas Senator Ted Cruz on Frontline with Carl Higby. That's weekday afternoons at 5 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax, a fantastic show. You are going to see or you already have seen a lot of headlines about the numbers going down slightly since the end of Title 42, which they are. And it's not because all of a sudden they're enforcing Title 8, which they should have been doing all along anyway, which has to do with processing migrants that had been deported from the United States before. And we know that that isn't happening, at least not in large numbers, because we've seen many people and criminals like the migrant in Texas that shot and killed a few of his neighbors a few weeks ago that had been deported more than once. The numbers are going down because Texas Governor Greg Abbott sent the National Guard to the border because states like Idaho are sending police to the border. The Biden administration sent more military troops to the border. That's why the numbers are starting to go down. We are now attempting to secure the border more than we were. Senator Cruz and the Highway Patrol lieutenant before him both mentioned the migrants being bussed all over the country, including the sanctuary city of New York which is now all filled up and now housing migrants in school gyms after filling up hotels. Democratic Mayor Eric Adams. This is one of the last places we want to look at. None of us are comfortable with having to take these drastic steps. Uh, But I could not have been more clear uh, for the last few years, for the uh, last few months of what we are facing over 65 thousand uh, migrant asylum seekers have reached our city. Yeah, here to discuss Mayor Adams' plan to place migrants in suburban schools and how the migrant problem is affecting everybody, regardless of where they live. New York City Councilwoman Vicki Palladino and also it's bringing back Laura Curran. Vicki, what are your thoughts here? Uh, my thoughts are right now that uh, we are at maximum capacity. We probably reach maximum capacity uh, back in October. Uh, This open border policy uh, needs to change. Uh, And I think right now we should re-examine our sanctuary city status. Yeah. And Laura, you know, I'm thinking that it's these migrants are coming in. These illegal migrants are are being... uh, just kind of shoved into New York City and the outlying counties, but at the expense of Americans, um, homeless veterans, for example, school kids who now can't have gym class because migrants, illegal migrants, are sleeping there. So at what point do you have to say, hey, listen, you know, charity begins at home in America? So one thing to remember, these are actual real human beings who have left God knows what. However, there does need to be some kind of plan at the very top on the federal level. And I feel it's been decades, Now I don't feel, it's a fact, it's been decades of buck passing, blaming, deals coming together and then falling apart. And then who's left holding the bag? The local officials, the mayor's trying to figure it out. The councilwoman's trying to, you know, advocate for her district. Mm -hmm. You've got county executives fighting with the mayor, with the governor of Texas. So you've got this squabbling sort of Lord of the Flies things going on because nobody at the top is fixing this problem. And in fact, it seems like it's those monkeys, you know, deaf, diamond, blunt and yes. blind about it. Yeah, they might want to start at the border. Bob Sellers on American Agenda with New York City Councilwoman Vicki Palladino and former county executive Laura Curran. American Agenda also looked into the news from the attorneys of an IRS whistleblower saying their client and his investigative team have been removed from the Hunter Biden case ahead of a House committee hearing scheduled for today. 
Joining us now to discuss is former uh, former acting assistant attorney general of the DOJ's civil division, Jeffrey Clark. Jeffrey, great to have you with us today. Um, we're hearing more and more about whistleblowers uh, kind of at every turn. Your reaction to the whistleblower being removed from the Hunter Biden probe? Sure. Well, thanks for having me to talk about this important topic. So Congress has put in place whistleblower protections. And there is no stauncher advocate and uh, fiercer expositor of those statutes than Senator Grassley. And I know that he will protect uh, these whistleblowers. And look, it appears as if adverse personnel actions have been taken against these officials who are working on the Hunter Biden issues. And if that's true, that's a flat violation of the whistleblower statutes. It's designed to essentially protect those who come forward because they're going to be potentially attacked, potentially see uh, their careers either ended or their careers put on the back burner. You noted in the uh, intro here that Steve Friend is going to testify tomorrow to Congress, and he's one of my colleagues at the Center for Renewing America. He's a very brave individual. You know, they cut off his uh, source of livelihood at the Bureau. They wouldn't give him the paperwork he needed to pursue a private security career. I mean, he, he is a very brave man, and he should be protected by these statutes, just like the IRS whistleblower should be protected by these statutes. It also seems that removing uh, this whistleblower from the Hunter Biden probe is a bad move uh, for the DOJ, specifically because a lot of Americans are already questioning the politicization of the uh, DOJ and, of course, also of the FBI and the CIA. Uh, why do you think they did this at this what would seem like a very crucial time for trying to regain Americans' trust? Well, I agree with you in your diagnosis that it's exactly the wrong time to be taking retaliatory steps like that. I can't speculate about what their motives are except to imagine the, the ordinary one, well, of who, who benefits from removing the uh, those who are investigating Hunter Biden and mm -hmm. his laptop and the Biden family. It would be the Biden family and the president of the United States. So there's a powerful kind of institutional incentive built in there. But whether that's their actual motivation or they would have something to say for themselves in defense, I can't prejudge. He can't prejudge, but you can. That's former acting assistant AG for the DOJ, Jeffrey Clark on American Agenda, 2 o'clock Eastern. What he said about people being railroaded and their careers being ruined, it's absolutely astonishing, right? This is America. And again, most of the media is not covering it. Congressional correspondent Kilmeny Ducart breaks it all down from Capitol Hill. Repeated weaponization of the federal government to attack one political party and protect the other is un-American. Ways and Means GOP will expose any possible cover-up at the IRS and Republicans will protect whistleblowers who shine a light on government misconduct. Now, on Thursday, the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, they're going to hear from three whistleblowers and will examine the suspected abuses and retaliation against whistleblowers. Members will hear from FBI Special Agent Garrett O'Boyle, former FBI Special Agent Steve Friend, and Marcus Allen, who's an FBI Staff Operations Specialist. Friend says that the Durham report vindicates whistleblowers, shedding a spotlight on how federal agencies are weaponized. Separately, two House committee chairs, they've sent a letter to the CIA's director, William Burns, 
renewing their request for information about a letter signed by 51 former intelligence officials dismissing the Hunter Biden laptop story as Russian disinformation. The letter states the committee has reason to believe that additional documents remain in possession of the FBI. They say that this letter was written and published with the acting CIA director, uh, Michael Morell, and also Biden's campaign advisor at the time, and now Secretary of State Antony Blinken, that it was done after communications between the two of them. The committee is requesting those documents unredacted be handed over by May 30th. Newsmax congressional correspondent Kilmeny Ducart from Capitol Hill. So the House Oversight and Accountability Committee will be looking for more documents by May 30th. Some of the people still involved in the IRS investigation of Hunter scheduled for questioning by the committee today. In other news, Deutsche Bank is agreeing to pay $75 million, a drop in the bucket for them, to settle a lawsuit by a woman who accuses the German bank of facilitating Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking. Attorneys for the woman confirming the Manhattan federal court settlement on Wednesday. The late Epstein was a Deutsche Bank client from 2013 to 2018. Wrestling fans in the WWE universe mourning the loss of Hall of Famer superstar Billy Graham, who died at the age of 79. Graham, a former Canadian League football player, made his WWE debut in 1975, was a mainstay and three-time champion throughout the 1980s. Rest in peace, superstar Billy Graham. And if you are not already watching Newsmax TV, don't forget it's available on most major cable systems like Comcast, DirecTV, Dish, AT&T, Spectrum, Cox Cable and many others. It's also available on your favorite platforms like Roku, Pluto, Amazon, Apple TV, and make sure you download the Newsmax app on your phone so you can watch your favorite shows anywhere, anytime you want. Thank you as always for listening to the Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And in the meantime, my friend, keep fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.